Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the buzz in the world of evaluating the daily, the hourly, the minute-by-minute ticker of national news here at Newsbusters. For months now, since the Washington Post and the New York Times both very belatedly acknowledged the New York Post had an actual scoop. The Hunter Biden laptop was real, even though the social media all sat on it, suppressed it. Suddenly, some, if not all, of the laptop contents were authentic and potentially newsworthy. Well, ever since they did that, we've been harping on how the national news networks on TV haven't wanted to touch anything with Hunter Biden's name attached to it. This whole tendency to avoid the Hunter laptop or anything else about Hunter crumbled on Thursday afternoon when we learned Washington Post reporters Devlin Barrett and Perry Stein had a new scoop from inside the Hunter Biden probe. This is a bit of a surprise because they have been very closed from the media on this probe. This was Friday's Washington Post front page headline. Agents see viable case against Hunter Biden. Subhead charging him with tax other crimes would be up to a Trump appointee. Well, the other crime was like a gun crime or lying on a federal form about getting a gun. You notice they didn't decide to use gun crimes because that would make Hunter sound like he was going to have, you know, have a shoot him up or something. Uh, oh, yeah, a guy on crack owning a gun. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, notice, though, this, this I think, stands out to a lot of people. They, they harp on charging him would be up to a Trump appointee. Oh, yes, we believe that somehow the U.S. attorney in Delaware, a Trump appointee, will pay no attention to what he gets from Maine Justice or from the President of the United States. I mean, part of what they're trying to do here is what they always do, which is to suggest that any Democrat in the crosshairs of an investigation, they will highlight Trump appointee. You could see it in the way that Dan Rather would come on and say Republican independent counsel Kenneth Starr went after Clinton today. They're always going to highlight, yes, he was appointed... By Janet Reno, Kenneth Starr. He was not Clinton-appointed independent counsel, goes after Clinton. (laughs) But this is Trump appointee. Inside, the reporters say, given the intense political interest in a criminal probe involving the son of a sitting president, Attorney General Merrick Garland has made clear that the U.S. attorney in Delaware, David C. Weiss, nominated by Trump in late 2017, is supervising the case. Okay. But, you know, this is a Trump appointee who stayed so quiet that people had no sense there was actually a probe underway. The story also notes, in December 2020, in December... Federal agents sought to interview the younger Biden, 
leading him to publicly acknowledge that he was under investigation. All of this timing tells you that David C. Weiss was not running a leak factory. We had no idea the Department of Justice or the U.S. Attorney in Delaware had a Hunter Biden probe underway. Now, politically, wouldn't that have colored this first Trump impeachment when they somehow considered it nearly criminal for Trump to merely ask the president of Ukraine to look into Hunter's wheelings and dealings? And wouldn't this probe, knowledge of this probe, have colored things in October of 2020 with weeks to go before Donald Trump was finally thrown out by the news media? These networks were running around with the Hunter Biden story. If they weren't ignoring it, they were running around sounding like parrots, crying, Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation, Ah. That didn't turn out to be true. But it took somehow until 2022 for the intrepid reporters at the New York Times and the Washington Post to discover this was real. So this latest report became a test of how these so-called news networks run by liberal Democrats were going to cover this Washington Post story. I joked that, gee, we should be worried that Twitter might actually lock the Washington Post Twitter account, so they couldn't share this story. Oh, no, that was never going to happen because this is the legacy of media. This is the mainstream media. This is the establishment. This is their heroic newspaper. You see it from Hollywood. It's from all the president's men to Meryl Streep's Watergate goddess in this movie, The Post, just a few years ago. Kevin Tober was on the case last night watching the evening newscast. We found, oh, ABC didn't cover it at all on Thursday night. It turns out Disney was running a Mickey Mouse operation, I guess. Kevin was shocked that CBS Evening News actually led with it. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jerika Duncan in for Nora. We begin tonight with some breaking news. CBS News has learned that the FBI has gathered what it believes is enough evidence to support charging President Biden's son Hunter with crimes related to his taxes and a gun purchase. The FBI has sent the information to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware. NBC Nightly News also had a story, but the PBS NewsHour did not. They didn't even do a little paragraph in their so-called news wrap, their summary with all the briefs of the day. This is taxpayer-funded television, and this is classic for PBS. PBS, the network that came into being running the Watergate hearings during the day and then rerunning them at night because they hated Nixon's guts. Still the same network. When you're investigating Democrats, you can't count on PBS to cover it. PBS knows where their money comes from. It comes from Democrats who vote for their appropriations. PBS also knows where their donations in the private sphere come from. They come from liberal foundations and from liberal viewers like you. What did we get instead last night on the PBS NewsHour? We got seven minutes on, this is what they said, 
President Biden's executive action today on marijuana convictions and regulations is this administration's most significant action to date on drug reform. Yes, we got seven minutes on going easy on pot. How PBS is that? You know, maybe they all lit up a doobie while they were doing this report. PBS couldn't find Hunter Biden with two mitts. Gee, I remember when presidential sons used to be newsworthy on PBS, when it was, oh, Donald Trump Jr.'s controversial meeting with Russians at Trump Tower in 2016. People like Yamish L. Cinder were all over that in the Trump years. Surely Yamish was on it not only on PBS, but also on MSNBC. She was yammering about it to Judy Woodruff and to Nicole Wallace and to Joy Reid. At least ABC arrived on it uh, this morning on Good Morning America as George Stephanopoulos, who knows a thing or two about Democrat scandals, had this take. Under pressure, the new report on the investigation into Hunter Biden on possible tax and other charges, it's nearing its conclusion. Could the president's son face federal charges? A new report about the investigation into Hunter Biden. According to the Washington Post, federal agents investigating the president's son believe there is enough evidence for criminal charges involving tax violations and a false statement. Yes, George Stephanopoulos is always an interesting choice to cover scandals of this nature and was walking past our bank of six televisions showing live news today, and George Papadopoulos was on Newsmax, and I thought, that's what we really need. We need Stephanopoulos interviewing Papadopoulos. It'd be totally a newsopolis. Now, Morning Joe had a story today. They turned to Ken Collusion Delanian, and then there was just this line that bothers the heck out of me. Last year, Hunter Biden insisted he did nothing wrong. I will be cleared of any wrongdoing. His lawyer said he paid a $2 million tax debt. The White House is declining to comment on this, but of course, President Biden has repeatedly said he never discussed Hunter Biden's business dealings with his son. Several of the networks used this formulation. This was their idea of, well, now we're going to let the Biden White House have a comment. Well, obviously, the White House had no comment on this story. They didn't want to update the story. They didn't want to acknowledge the story. So they end up saying, Biden said he never discussed Hunter's business dealings with Hunter. Look, the laptop, this is what the laptop shows you. You know, the, the emails are there where Hunter's clients say, thank you for letting me meet with your dad. The photographs are there with Joe Biden standing around smiling with Hunter's clients. This is not the sort of thing. This is the thing they would hate under Trump. You wouldn't just repeat things Trump said as if they were real, if they were obviously transparently not real. It's like saying Donald Trump denied talking about grabbing pussy with Billy Bush. They wouldn't do that. That would be democracy dying in darkness. So why don't you, when it comes to Biden, establish something that's important? And I think this underlines that even if they're going to touch Hunter Biden, they have this whole problem. And that is they don't want it to be attached to Joe Biden. All right. So some people on the right now are saying, oh, sure, this would be easy if you just do these ticky tack little crimes with Hunter, like 
uh, gun crimes. He lied on a federal forum for guns. And he, you know, he clearly is guilty of tax evasion. He had to pay back $2 million, took out a loan for that. Uh, I don't think we should somehow downplay the idea of the son of a sitting president being convicted of crimes. But this just shows you people want this very much to be about the fuller story, which is how the Biden family, not just Hunter, it's about Joe Biden. It's about James Biden and Frank Biden, brothers of the president. It's about Ashley Biden's husband, Howard. They're all buck raking off Biden being in high office. This is a story they haven't wanted to tell. Ben Schreckinger of Politico wrote a book on the Bidens and their buck raking. Do you think that he was all over the news? Like the way that Maggie Haberman is positively, absolutely everywhere, including, of course, on the PBS NewsHour. These people, we don't have to be cute and call them the Biden crime family, right? Maybe that's a little too common in our politics. Everybody said the Trump crime family, the Clinton crime family. Maybe there's a little too much of that in our politics, but the reality is it's a swamp family, right? If we're going to describe Washington as a swamp where people take so-called public service and turn it into lucrative buck raking, the Bidens are all over that. I mean, we can also talk about how Tucker Carlson had Tony Bobolinsky on again this week to discuss the big guy. And, you know, that's a story nobody's going to want to report on that except Fox News, except the conservative media. And what was interesting in that was that Tucker actually said, or that Tony Bobolitsky actually said to Tucker, we went to CNN and said, have me on. Have Jake Tapper interview me. Be as negative as you want. But I want to talk about this. Well, CNN doesn't want to talk about this. And Jake Tapper doesn't want to talk about this because if Jake Tapper wanted to, and if Chris Licht really wanted to be fair and balanced, this is the test. Show yourselves. Are you real or are you phony? Because the way you show you're real is you actually acknowledge that the Bidens have some problems here. So, you know, I saw this last night. I'm in my car and I do what I often do when I'm in my car. I monitor national public radio. In this case, I like to listen to the top of the hour newscast. I turn over to WETA Classical. They just run the top of the hour newscast in between Beethoven. Oh, and today we're celebrating Yo-Yo Ma. Happy birthday, Yo-Yo Ma. Uh, the 6 p.m. newscast last night. I tune in, and of course, I know I'm not going to hear Hunter Biden. I'm all ready to go. And I should say, I think there's a longer newscast, but they run like two, two and a half minutes, and then they go to discussing their sponsors or something. I don't think they run the whole thing. But I did count four stories while I'm driving my car. And the lead story, you know, a lot of times on the NPR newscast at the top of the hour, it's it's a press release. It's Biden went here today, Biden went there today, Biden said this today, Biden said that today, and none of it's ever embarrassing, and it's all press releasey, and nothing is ever a Republican had a counterpoint. So this was classic. Here we have Hunter Biden Day, and what was their lead story at 6 p.m. on Thursday night? President Biden had a victory lap in Poughkeepsie today celebrating the CHIPS Act. 
I mean, there was like two middle fingers at NPR. We don't do news. We do press releases. NPR stands for National Press Release. And then, of course, what was the second story? Oh, oh, the trial of the Oath Keepers continues. <laughs> you can't cover the Hunter Biden probe. You're going to ignore that. 237 days in a row or whatever. And then it's like Oath Keepers Monday, Oath Keepers Tuesday, Oath Keepers Wednesday, Oath Keepers Thursday. These guys can't stay away from that story of those kooks. Then, of course, there's the story of Hurricane Ian and how nursing homes in Florida was affected. Eh, that's fine. No mention of DeSantis. And then, of course, a story on the, the update of Elon Musk deciding he was going to buy Twitter and how that they were going to try to dismiss the court cases that were going on there. And then they went to break. No, Hunter Biden. Now, the way you look at NPR on these things is you always say, well... They're top of our newscasts. You can't see them on the website. You can listen to them within a half an hour of their airing, but they don't put up the transcripts or anything. So, of course, I went to the NPR.org page for their evening newscast called All Things Considered, the most laughable name for a news program you can possibly imagine because, of course, Hunter Biden was not considered. What was the big story? Thursday, October 6, 2022. Big picture, big headline, untangling disinformation. Fox News CEO warned against crazies, quote unquote, after 2020 election, Dominion says. Their top story was Fox News being sued because NPR hates the junk out of Fox News. That's funny. I thought National Public Radio was a taxpayer-funded organization for the people and not a hot sandbox of leftists. You would be wrong. Yes, media reporter David Fulkenflick, who when it comes to the Democrats is Fulkenflick, had a big story about how Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott was warning about the crazies. And, and that's fine. I had no time for release the Kraken whatever. Dominion can sue. That's the, that's the American system. But the idea that they think the top story of the news is not the sitting son of the president's Fox News is classic national stelter radio, I guess. So, of course, just like PBS, what were their big stories last night? Oh, get a load of this one. Two, hour, two minutes and 25 seconds. It could be two hours with these people. Two minutes and 25 seconds, the Biden administration increases efforts to fight student loan forgiveness scams. Oh, yes, that's somehow way more important than Hunter Biden. And also, three minutes and 43 seconds from Asma Khalid, Biden is taking executive action to pardon simple federal marijuana convictions. I mean, the whole newscast, you could question all of these things. Here's some of the other headlines. Changes to abortion laws mean OBGYNs have less opportunities to learn procedure. Oh, no. See, here's a real crisis at NPR. We need more doctors to learn how to dismember babies. This is crucial. Four minutes by Melissa Block doing her usual propaganda. Courts have blocked a number of the anti-LGBTQ laws from going into effect. 
Yes, surely laws like that. They're laws like we're not going to let men or boys compete in women's sports. That's called anti-LGBTQ laws at NPR. Oh, and of course this, when we're talking about politics. How accusations from Herschel Walker's past affect his chances with Georgia voters. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? Hunter Biden, not a story. Herschel Walker. Accusation gets Herschel Walker. Four minutes, 24 seconds. Seven minutes and 21 seconds. Mortgage rates are up. Sales of homes are down. I'm not reading this right now, but I imagine the name Biden isn't in there. Oh, three minutes and 34 seconds. Speaking of LGBTQ, Netta Olaby has a story on French writer Annie Erna wins the 2022 Nobel Prize in Literature. I heard this on NPR yesterday morning, and they were all like, oh, Annie Erno, she wrote about her backstreet abortion in the 60s. Isn't that nice? She also apparently had an affair with a married Russian diplomat. Charming. Yes, they love the Nobel Prizes at NPR. And then three minutes and 54 seconds on sports. Why that foul baseball you caught might cost you more money in taxes. The guy that caught Aaron Judge's historic home run is going to have a problem. Ah, of course. This story, Daniel Prude's family reaches a $12 million settlement with Rochester, New York. So they, of course, have their police brutality update. Now let's look at the uh, archive for the Friday, October 7, morning edition. You know, I remember when Air America Radio thought they were cute and named their show Morning Sedition. That was before the Oath Keepers, when Morning Sedition sound like fun. Uh, Once again, they did the same thing that the evening show did. There was nothing on Hunter Biden whatsoever, but there was four minutes and 23 seconds. Biden pardons thousands of people convicted on federal marijuana possession charges. And then there's three minutes and 26 seconds. Biden administration steps up protection against student loan forgiveness scams. Doesn't this sound like a repeat? So between these two shows, there's about 15 minutes of Biden press release, or at least stories Biden wants you to know about, things Biden's doing. At the top of the page, their top story this morning, early signs a new U.S. COVID surge could be on its way. Gosh, we'll try to suppress the idea that liberals love the idea of more COVID surge, more lockdown. So what did they cover instead of Hunter Biden on Friday morning? Oh, movies, Spanish Dracula finds new blood more than 90 years after its release. Yeah, that sounds more newsworthy than than Hunter Biden being a criminal. After a hot summer, hiring cools in September as employers add 263,000 jobs. I'm going to guess that came later in the day because that's like an 8.30 a.m. type of story. It's not the thing you hear at 7 o'clock in the morning. What a strike at a Philadelphia museum reveals about unionizing cultural institutions. How economics retreats made a strong impression on federal judges. Will the OPEC decision to cut oil production further hurt U.S.-Saudi relations? Author interview. 
Kate Beaton's new graphic memoir is about the dark type of job you take for money. Seven minutes. A Canadian court considers whether the U.S. is a safe place for asylum seekers. This is the new term for illegal aliens, by the way. Asylum seekers. So now we have the precious story on NPR. A Canadian court wonders whether America is a safe place for illegal immigrants. Oh, and of course, we have three minutes on Sashin Littlefeather sacrificed her career to make way for indigenous voices by going to the Academy Awards and making a stink. We got almost four minutes on the Nobel Peace Prize. You expect that. We got uh, almost four minutes on why the U.S. Senate race in Arizona is imperative for Democrats. We got almost four minutes on residents at an Alaska village try to outrun the effects of climate change. So on and so forth. So this is the kind of thing where they just can't manage to find in 90 minutes of news. I'm sorry, we can't take two minutes to do the Hunter Biden story because we're public broadcasting. What a joke. We're going to stay on this. We like staying on public broadcasting. So if you want to know more, just stick with us. Come over to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. No taxpayer money here. <laughs>